Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we just sang together Psalm 147 about the, the privilege we have of having God's revelation, having the Word of God in the Bible readily accessible in our own language is an amazing blessing of the Lord that we should not take for granted. For many centuries, written Bibles were rare and expensive and only available in very few languages. In Samuel's youth, the problem was even greater because the author of the Bible was silent. We read that in verse 1 of chapter 3. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Some of the priests who were supposed to make God's will known to his people did not even know the Lord. And although he had been brought up in the temple, there was a time in his childhood that Samuel did not know the Lord. We read that in verse 7. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Amos chapter 8 verses 11 to 12 indicates that such a famine of the word of God was a punishment against God's people for their hardness of heart. Eli's dimming eyesight and the lamp of God, the symbol of his presence almost going out in the temple, serve as a parable or an illustration of how difficult it had become to see the Lord's presence with his people in those days. And in this context of growing darkness, 1 Samuel 3 is a revelation of how God graciously turned things around and how much he wants his church to know who he is. As Abraham was the father of all believers and Moses the father of the mediators, so Samuel was the father of the prophets used by God to bring justice and truth to the land through God's anointed. The symbol of God's presence in the lamp of God had almost gone out, but it was still burning. The Lord showed his presence by giving Samuel direct revelation, by calling him to be his prophet. And this is important for us today because it teaches us about the character of our eternal God. We have the scriptures in our hands today and we can hear them and we can understand them because God wants himself to be known. He wants to make himself known to us. And so also he wants us to learn about who he is from his first interaction with Samuel. And I preached to you these three things that God reveals about himself in our text, under the theme, in his first interaction with Samuel, the Lord reveals that he is patiently gentle with those who are young in faith, unwaveringly just with those who harden in sin, and constantly accessible or constantly present to all those who seek him. He's gentle, he's just, and he's present and accessible. The Holy Spirit reveals in our text how God established a relationship with Samuel. And we are reminded of the other times that, that God came down and first interacted with the prophets he called. We, we were reminded of Moses 
and the burning bush. Isaiah and the vision of God's throne. Jeremiah, whose mouth the Lord put his hand upon and touched. A revelation out of a mighty storm for Ezekiel. And in every one of these calling narratives, there is a display of God's glory, a voice relaying a message, and some fear on the part of those who were being sent out. We can see then how Samuel's divine commission stands out from the rest of them. When the Lord commissioned Samuel, he did not frighten him. Rather, he spoke to him with a voice that sounded like a human being. So that Samuel went running. He thought it was Eli. As a young child, Samuel thought that, that it was his mentor calling to him. We see that the Lord spoke to Samuel then as, as a father might speak to a son or a mentor to his protege. There was no thunder and lightning or glorious displays of God's majesty. It was just a voice. Samuel. Samuel. It reminds us of the Lord's revelation to Elijah when he was on the mountain. Not the strong winds that broke the rocks in pieces, nor the earthquakes, nor the fire, but the low whisper. The Lord doesn't always reveal His presence with His mighty acts that bring fear and trembling. Sometimes He is gentle. Sometimes it is just a voice. The Lord called Samuel, Samuel, so the child heard his own name get called in a man's voice. The creator of heaven and earth, who knows all things, knew the name of this child and also showed that he knew that Samuel was just a child. He repeated the name because every child knows that when your name is repeated, there is an urgency to the summons. The Lord also called to Samuel three times, revealing that he knew it was a lot for Samuel and, and also for Eli to process at that time. The Lord showed that he is very patient. The Almighty God met Samuel where he was, a young child, in a time when the Word of God was rare. And our Lord Jesus reflected the same way of interacting with, with his people and his teaching and his rebuking. John 16, verse 12, he says there's, there's a lot more to say, but you're not ready to hear it yet. He gently led that the Samaritan woman he met at the well, we read about in John 4, taking her through the steps until she could see for herself that Jesus was the Christ. He repeated the questions three times to Peter before sending him out. The God that we worship reveals in our text that he, he meets us in our lives where we are. He gives milk before solid food. His word is like gentle rain falling on the ground like we saw in the display text today in Deuteronomy 32. Not the hard rain that washes the topsoil away, but the gentle rain that enters our hearts. He speaks to children differently than to adults. He is patiently gentle as we come to know him. 
as we learn to trust in Him as our Lord and Savior. The Lord deals with us as a gentle parent who speaks to us at the level of each of His children. That's an important revelation for us to think about when we are speaking to our children, to our neighbors about the Christian faith. Will they also call us patiently gentle? Will they feel that we are standing beside them, patiently walking with them as they grow in their knowledge and their trust in the Lord? That's the God we worship. The Holy Spirit tells us that in addition to speaking with a man's voice, using Samuel's own name, and patiently repeating the call, the Lord also came and stood. Look at verse 10. And the Lord came and stood. What do you think those words mean? What do you think that looked like? There's no description given in our text. We don't know if the Lord appeared to Samuel in a vision or in person as he had appeared to to Abraham in the form of a man, Genesis 18. Or if it was an angel speaking a divine message in the first person as Hagar saw in Genesis 16. Or the voice perhaps coming from a pillar of fire as Psalm 99 could indicate. But we do know that when the Lord came and stood and called to Samuel, Samuel recognized him and addressed him and said, Speak, for your servant hears. And so the Lord called his servant Samuel into action to be his prophet on the earth, to receive divine revelation about God's will, to be God's mouthpiece, to speak to our fathers. As we read in Hebrews 1, verse 1, in Samuel's call, we learn that our God is patiently gentle with those whom he calls. And in the words he spoke to Samuel, he reveals that he is also unwaveringly just, as we see in the second point. The Lord prepared Samuel's mind so that he might understand that it was the Lord that had called him and that the message he was receiving was, was urgent and that Samuel, even though a child, had some role in the work that God was doing on the earth. Samuel would learn that he himself had been called into the realm of the holy council of God Most High when the Lord himself who stood there said to him, Behold, the word behold is a way of of calling the prophet to come beside the Lord to to see what he is seeing, to come into the, the line of vision of God Almighty, to see what the Lord himself is doing in the land. And Samuel learns that the Lord is sovereign, that the Lord is holy, that he is concerned with the world, that he is able to intercede in the affairs of people and unwaveringly just. For we read in 3 verse 11, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. 
The Lord announced that he was about to do, what, what he was about to do would leave people who heard it stunned with fear and astonishment. That's what it means with the ears tingling. He would fulfill against Eli what he had spoken to Eli before concerning, the house, concerning Eli's house through the man of God from beginning to end. Verse 13, his house would be punished forever. Verse 14, there would be no atonement for the iniquity of Eli's house by sacrifice or offering forever. A little child was called in to hear an announcement of eternal condemnation. An announcement about what happens to those who persist in their sins against the Holy Spirit without repenting. A revelation of the holiness of God who is confirmed in his justice against Eli by Eli's response of acceptance without repentance that we read in verse 18. It still makes our ears tingle. And so the Lord draws us in to consider the situation. We notice he gives two reasons for such a final and complete punishment. Eli's sons were blaspheming God. Eli knew that. And he did not restrain them. Verse 13. And he did not restrain them. The Lord did not consider Eli's verbal warning against his sons to be enough. Although Eli had done something, he was being punished for not doing enough. Do you see what the Holy Spirit is is revealing here? God does not accept mere lip service to his holiness. Even though you may know as much about the Lord and worship and how prophets are to do their tasks as Eli did It is not enough to just go through the motions of discipline in the home or in the church by just telling rebellious covenant children that what they are doing is not good if we don't actually believe that the Lord is holy. Makes us ask ourselves, do our rebukes, do our exhortations to obedience Do they carry that urgency of spiritual leaders who actually care about the eternal well-being of those under our care, who who understand the the holiness of God, who, who can behold with God who He is? When we are faced with sinners hardening in the rebellion against God, are we bold enough to honor God's name? by removing the blasphemer, which Eli didn't do, and protecting the church from their damaging influence. In his first interaction with Samuel, the Lord revealed that he is holy, unwaveringly just. His patience is not without limit. That's the urgency. That's the repetition of the call. And that in his unwavering justice, he will punish both the hands-off, hardly caring, apathetic spiritual leaders with the same punishment as the outright blasphemers 
for whom they are spiritually responsible. That's, that's, a, that's a hard thing for us to hear. It's a hard thing for, for those of us who are so busy with all the distractions of our, our lives, are so busy with our own schedules, gone so much from the home that we're, we're not there to, to discipline and encourage our children or our fellow church members with sincerity and seriousness. So we pray as we hear this that the Lord may, may help us to understand His holiness and the, the weight of our task as leaders. We might behold the holiness of our God when we, we talk to all those in our sphere of influence so that our patient gentleness does not turn into apathy. May the Spirit give us courage to communicate God's holiness and His justice to those who are wandering away from God's grace. Because as our text shows, that can be a very difficult task. Look how Samuel responded. He opened the doors of the temple. He, he didn't rush to tell Eli what had happened. He was afraid, we read in our text. He was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Although Eli had heard the announcement before from the man of God, it was probably something new to Samuel. His ears, too, would tingle at the thought of how God could punish his mentor for being too soft and accommodating toward the sins that his sons were committing in, in blasphemy against the holy God. Eli seemed like such a nice man, a nice old man. The Lord was showing the burden, the burden that the prophets of his unwavering justice must carry. How difficult it is to be there, find that balance between compassion and truth. How much more challenging it can be to speak of God's justice to those who are often very nice people but are, are weak and, and negligent and unconcerned than it is to address those who are living in blatant rebellion. And yet also, in light of God's wrath against not caring, against apathy, how absolutely important it is to help people see the harm they are causing by not caring, by allowing others to continue in sin, not only in offending God, but also in leaving children and others without guidance and discipline and instruction. It may be a challenge. It's not enjoyable to speak to people who are negligent, kind of don't care about what others are doing, especially those in their own families and spheres of influence, although it's not enjoyable to speak of how God punishes unrepentant sinners. This justice of God is really a most wonderful assurance that the God we worship, that all that we do as Christians is real, that God is serious, that there will be a place someday 
where there will no longer be anything or anyone that causes harm. Think of the comfort that is for every Christian who is persecuted for their faith. No more loneliness. No more suffering. Because God is just and holy. As weighty as the curse, so weighty is the blessing. And those who reveal God's will have a weighty responsibility to reveal God's unwavering justice, a responsibility that the Lord placed already on the young Samuel, his prophet. You can see Paul, if you read through the, the writings of Paul, how often he, he's struggling with that balance between compassion and truth and how he needs to say what needs to be said. And the good news is, brothers and sisters, that our God is constantly accessible. He is present among us. In his mercy, the Lord established the office of prophet in our text for the generations after Samuel. We see this in how the Lord was with Samuel as he grew so that none of his words fell to the ground. He was recognized in all Israel as the prophet of the Lord, the one the Lord had already promised the days of Moses. We also see this in how the Lord used Eli's instructions to Samuel to establish the mandate, the job description for, for prophets. Although Eli was condemned for being unwilling to defend God's holiness before his sons, Eli still recognized that it was truly the Lord who had spoken to Samuel. And future prophets could learn from him that they need to be willing servants. They learned about what it means to be a prophet, to say, yes, Lord, speak, for I am listening. They learned to understand the, the burden that they would be cursed by God with the very words of their prophecies if they failed to announce anything of all that the Lord had told them. We see that in verse 17. And so by receiving the task, or by revealing the task of prophets and the qualifications for this office, the Lord reveals that he wanted to, to move beyond the, the parachute profiting of men of God who just appeared in times of crisis. The Lord wanted to have his word established in the land through a permanent prophetic office so that just as he was in the anointed king, the first chapters of Samuel, and the faithful priesthood, he would also be constantly accessible through his established prophet, the king and the priest, and now the prophets. And the gospel message for us today is that our God wants His holy name to be known in all the earth. This is the God we worship. The Lord, we see in verse 21, reveals Himself by the word of the Lord. The prophet has a fixed and established presence in the land of Israel is fulfilled today. In the prophetic word, work of Christ our Savior, who has told us that he is with us always, even to the end of the ages. Not only did he reveal the counsel and will of God concerning our redemption in his teaching, but the Spirit whom the Father sent in his name to also dwell with us forever ensures that everything that God has done was written down and explain for us. We'll sing praises about that in hymn 48. And as a result, we may look to Christ 
to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord's revelation in the world established in our midst with the same eyes that all Israel could look upon the prophet God established. The Lord our God wants us to be known, wants himself to be known to us. And so by these means of his revelation, he also equips us to being prophets, anointed, sharing in the anointing of Christ, who confess his name. We too must learn from the job description of prophets that we find in our text to understand God's task for us. How each one of us must recognize that the Lord is holy. That each one of us might stand before him and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How he calls each one of us to be honest in our repetition of what God has revealed about himself. The gospel message that we may show and say to the world is that God wants the lamp of his presence to keep burning so that his chosen ones can hear it and be given understanding. Then at the end of our text, our text shows that by establishing this prophet in the land in Samuel's day, the Lord was bringing all the tribes of Israel into a closer unity with one another. We read that all Israel, from Dan in the far north to Beersheba in the far south, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of Yahweh, a prophet of the Lord, and that the word of Samuel came to all Israel, which was known as the word of the Lord. It was an amazing reversal in the times of that intertribal divisions in the time of the judges and the situation described at the beginning of the section, compare chapter 3, verse 2, to the end of the chapter. At the beginning, all the tribes were, were scattered, doing their own thing, and there was no word. And at the end, through the prophet, the people were brought together under the word of God. The same blessing of unity on the basis of God's established prophetic word continues to be enjoyed by the church today. What unites us to one another as Christians but the Word of God? Is it not the the voice of the Good Shepherd who gathers His church, who calls each one of us by name to follow Him? Do you see the place of God's Word in bringing His church together in its unity? By establishing the prophetic Word as a permanent foundation of the church, the Lord ensures that the reality of creation And God's plan, the truth about our existence and our calling, the consequence of His holiness and and the way into His presence through Jesus Christ is known to each one of us. And so we are united in Him, in His Word. The prophets, the Word of God would ensure that the bridge of mediation at the temple would be understood, priest. That people would always live in the understanding they were citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We give thanks to the Lord that he wants to be known. It's actually a promise he gives to us. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12, speaking of the glory of heaven, that we may know fully even as we are known. Today, no one needs to suffer because of a lack of understanding. Today, you... 
Now we, we have the Word. There's an app on our smartphones that can give you the Bible in hundreds of different languages. We have so much more than Samuel did and the people in that day had. We know Jesus Christ. But it's all nothing if we don't hear it. We learn nothing about God if our Bibles are closed and we remove ourselves from the presence, His holy presence. We have a responsibility. May God help us to feel as He patiently, gently calls us to receive His Word as His servants to repeat God's words to those who are young in faith, to those who are hardening in sin, and to make God's Word the center of our lives, that we may grow in faithful service to Him. Amen.